Welcome back, nerds, to the Game of Nerds podcast, where there's no shame in having an unhealthy obsession with the fandom. I'm your host, Shannon, and on today's episode, we're talking all about 2021. I will apologize in advance for the audio difference. Our guest for this episode is the other half of T-Hud podcast, Moby, and he's currently on the run from Listener. Yeah, I'm here. Hello, Shannon. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I escaped Listener. He had... I was supposed to be on with Leland, um, co-hosting, but uh, listener kidnapped me, brought me to this forest, uh, kind of south of Vancouver, um, forced me on a run, and uh, yeah, it was very dramatic, but after um, some kung fu that I learned from watching the Cobra Kai series, I was able to fight him off, and now I'm here, but unfortunately I missed your podcast. Well, it, it's okay. You know, that's the kind of friendship I expect after meeting someone on Craigslist after three years. Um, so if you aren't, you know, if you guys haven't listened to our podcast conversations before, I met Moby and Leland through Craigslist. Um, I was posting ads for TGON to find writers and Moby just decided to Craigslist me back being like, hey, uh, we have this nerd podcast. Do you want to be a guest? We haven't had a guest yet. And I said, sure. And they were the first podcast I've ever been on. Um, you guys popped my cherry, so to speak. And uh, mm-hmm. we've been BFFs ever since. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, and you popped our cherry of being our first guest. You know, I reached out to you, but yeah, you were our first guest. And it totally revolutionized our podcast, wherein two out of three episodes of ours now have guests. And it's become the minority that it's just myself and Leland. And it's been a, gone in crazy tangents. We've had, you know, directors, actors, like, our next one should have a pretty, I don't want to say mean actor, but he's like, he's, he's, he was in, um, what's it called? Man in the High Castle. He played oh, my cool. second favorite character. So, um, yeah, it's just crazy how it happens. And I hope that happens to you too. Like, um, I got invited to a uh, movie premiere before COVID and I hope you start to get invited to that shit post COVID. Oh God, I want to get out. I need to the conventions. Like, that's my big thing. I, I need a convention. I need to speak to my people. But like, we were talking about, you know, we do a lot of podcasting, talking back to each other about tips and what we've learned and where we're, where we're getting stuff. And it's just, I had this grand idea of doing a podcast because I couldn't talk to anybody and I wasn't interviewing anyone. And right before we got on here, we were talking about, ah, shit, the learning curve of podcasting. Like everyone's like, oh, it's so easy to start a podcast. Um, we're here to tell you it's not. It's a crap no. ton of work. Um, and you really have to love doing it. Otherwise, it's just, it's not worth doing. Um, we love what we do. Um, but yeah, there's a huge learning freaking curve to it. Like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess it's kind of rewarding at the end or else why would we do it? But if anybody thinks they can just, you know, start a podcast and it's just going to be five minutes of editing and then the thing goes up. No. Oh, no, you are so wrong. You are so wrong. There's so much more that goes into it. So speaking of things that are taking our time, uh, we, this is perfect segue into uh, what take our money. What is taking your money? What are you obsessing about right now? I mean, we're only a week into 2021 here. What's What are you obsessing about? First one I want to bring up, I've got a few here. I don't know if you want to go back and forth or whatever, but um, if any of your listeners have not gotten into Cobra Kai now that it's on Netflix, get the fuck into Cobra Kai. 
because season yeah. three is having it so good. We've been covering it since it was on YouTube. Like that was like a big thing for us. Um, it was like, I think that was actually one of the first YouTube series we covered when YouTube TV was starting to come out with like its own like TV channel. And we're like, oh yeah, YouTube won't be anything. Haha, <laughs> joke was on us. Um, it's now yeah. one, of, one of the giant platforms of the year here. Uh, but yeah, Cobra Kai, I'm very surprised to see how much it's blossomed and how much of it's kind of became like the number one thing on Netflix. Like I was surprised to see it go from YouTube to Netflix so fast. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a story that I think is, is very relatable because really what it comes down to, like, sure, it's about, you know, it's this ridiculous story about warring dojos, but beyond that, it's the psychology of two men that are stuck in high school. It's the fact that it's a lot about bullying and, you know, nerds like we are trying to fight back against kind of uh, bullies. And, you know, you can go in either direction. You can, you know, go more in sort of a peaceful direction or more into an aggressive direction like the Cobra Kai Jojo does. But also I'd like to show it gets into grace because then you see like how, Daniel in his dojo, he still makes some fundamental mistakes that bring his kids down the wrong path. I just think it's a very nuanced series, and um, it, it's awesome. It should have a couple more seasons left. So I'm excited. Yeah, it'll be ex it'll be interesting to see how fast they can get another season out because I know they they bumped up the season premiere just because they were like, oh, there's you know we'll we'll talk about this later, but there was like a not a lot of crap coming out the last yeah. few months, and now everybody's trying like no one really knows where to go, um, especially over Christmas. You know, we had the dump of Wonder Woman and Soul. Um, here's my honest: I I don't think Wonder Woman was as bad as everyone's making it seem like. Uh, was it great compared to other movies? No. Was it great compared to the other DC lineup? Yeah, it's probably better than a lot of the other DC shit out there. Um, yeah, it did have bad moments in it of like film editing and all this other stuff, but the amount of shit it's getting, stop trashing on Wonder Woman. I think we just were, we haven't had anything out and we're like, oh, we're bored. Let's just you know, it didn't meet our expectations. Nothing at this point is going to meet our expectations. We're just, we're too pent up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was like the first one I got, but let's go back and forth. What, what are you, I'm interested, what are you watching? I, doing? I did Wonder Woman and Soul were like the first okay. things that I've watched in like a long time. Uh -oh. um, and Andy absolutely hated Wonder Woman. He's been trashed no. ever since he saw it. And I'm like, it's not that bad. Like, it really isn't that bad. Yes, it's bad, but it's not that bad. Um, and that's why I say, compared to the rest of the DC lineup, right. there's worse shit out there. Um, yeah. But Soul, I fucking loved Soul. I think it was a great movie. Um, I, I'm glad that they released it just on Disney Plus so that people could have it and they didn't try and pull a Mulan again because I don't think that was the right product to do either. Right, uh, right. That kind of platform. But yeah, gotcha. that's, that's really, that's, yeah, Wonder Woman and that. Otherwise, I'm, you know, my usual answer to this question is going to be, I've been watching Bluey. Um, and if you haven't watched Bluey, it's on Disney+. Plus. It's a children's show. It's from Australia. And hey, Aussies, please give me season three. I beg of you. Yeah, I've been playing a couple things, like a couple video games as oh, well. Please, um, please tell me about your out. new games. Uh, me and Leland were talking about your Roomba, Roomba game last time and the, the Trout game that 
that you we talked about on the last podcast, the simulator games. We're talking about Trouts and uh, the DJ Roomba we wanted to make. DJ Roomba? Yeah. Wow. But what games are you uh, playing? Now I'm interested. What simulators are you playing now? Well, well okay, so the two games I want to bring out, one's, one's pretty obscure. I'll bring that one up second. But the third, first, I think you have a a writer is her name Bryce that's really into like farming simulations. Oh, Blake. Blake's into Blake, Blake, yeah, that's Blake, it. Blake. Yeah. Blake. And so of course Stardew Valley is like the biggest of the farming simulations. And it's really cool because that was made of course by one guy, Eric Barone, and his game was such a big hit. I mean the guy earned hundreds of millions of dollars off this. He set for life. But even though he's working on some other projects, Stardew Valley kind of still has his heart. And he's so thankful, like, the guy is just such a good guy. He's so thankful to the fans. He spent, like, four years just making free content and updates for Stardew Valley. Yeah. And he actually just dropped, maybe a week or two ago, their biggest expansion ever for free called Stardew Valley 1.5. It just adds yep. so many places. Um, and so, you know, that gives me an excuse to jump back into Stardew Valley. I probably poured hundreds of hours for sure into that game. So I've been doing that. And then there's, um, there's an obscure game. It's really a mod. It's uh, a mod of the third game of the Stalker series, which I also want to talk about later because a brand new Stalker game is coming out this year. And that, that will be big. That will be mainstream. But um, Stalker, like I'm really into history and in, uh, in Chernobyl. Um, so Stalker takes place after the Chernobyl disaster and you play like, uh, well, in this particular mod called Call of Chernobyl, which is, is really big, it just completely mods one of the games by like adding the entire area around Chernobyl and you just explore and find like radioactive artifacts and shoot mutants and you, it's like a very self-directed game. You have to eat, you have to sleep. Um, it's so much fun to jump into that. So, is it, so um, it's like Chernobyl of Sims? Pretty much. Pretty much, right? Like, it, there's, like, this whole thing going on. Like, the AI is pretty good. Like, you'll have non-player characters that are exploring the map like you, and some of them get very rich and very powerful and very awesome. So, um, you know, there's different... Like, if you shoot people from one faction, that faction will hate you, but then their enemies might like you. Or if you take missions against a certain faction, it'll change all these politics and, and dynamics and you can explore in groups and stuff like that. I don't know. It's, it's a lot of fun if you're just looking for a cheap first person single player shooter sort of thing to pick up. Like it's kind of like open world and sandbox, um, especially with a lot of people like complaining about cyberpunk and stuff like that, you yeah. know. So what platform is this game on? Uh, it's on PC. PC. Yeah, okay. PC. So if you, if what I've said somehow sounds interesting to any of your listeners, um, the way to do it is you uh, buy uh, the third game in the series, which is uh, called Stalker, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Call of Call of Pripyat, uh, which is going to be like 10 bucks off goodoldgames.com. If you don't know GOG.com, I don't have any affiliation with them, but it's an awesome place to get old PC games. Um, and so you spend 10 bucks on that and then just Google Call of Chernobyl mod and it's very easy to install. It's free and um, it's, it's a lot of fun. So well, speaking of you, you buy vintage games. Like I know that's your thing. What's been your most recent purchase to your collection? 
Well, you're, you're going to get me on a tangent here, which might be good. Um, I do buy vintage games. Um, a lot of them I buy as investments, virtually playing the stock market on the fact that I believe um, these games will spike in value. Um, an example is I owned, and I still believe it is the best condition copy of Clay Fighter 63 and a third Sculptor's Cup for Nintendo 64. Um, that game is the rarest uh, Nintendo 64 game. Um, that, that's block, the one, a Blockbuster, right? Yeah, each Blockbuster got one copy. So it was never sold in stores. Now, the problem is what happens at Blockbuster? They get covered in stickers and marked up with felt and stuff like that. But I had a copy that somehow avoided that, yet it was legitimate. I checked the serial numbers and cracked, well, you know, unscrewed the case to look at the chips and everything like that. Um, so anyways, I bought that for 250 uh, dollars back in 2013. I sold it for a thousand dollars a month ago. Like that's no box, no manual. Yep. Just the cartridge. That's um, like uh, the Funkos behind us. There's because Andy's been collecting exactly, for so right? long. You know, there's ones. I mean, we were talking about this on the Funko episode. There's you know, there's pops behind me that have stickers from conventions or stores that no longer exist. So, or they are one of, you know, a hundred. Well, the reality is if it was sold at a convention, yeah, there was a hundred of them made, but maybe 25 of them got thrown away as junk because they didn't realize what they had. Boxes are destroyed. Very few have, have nice boxes as Andy likes to keep them in their pristine plastic protectors. Which is, which is awesome. And I don't know, like, do you think Andy will ever sell them or is he just, that's what, so that's where we're kind of at our goal this year. You know, uh, we've got to move again this year. So, and moving the pops alone is a complete bitch. Anybody who, who has Funkos know how much of a bitch it is to move them, pack them, keep them safe, everything like that. So we're kind of at a spot where Marvel is now getting really, really tall as well. So we've got to start deciding which ones we like, which ones we don't. Um, our Marvel collection holds obviously a very special place in our hearts. So that one's not getting touched at all or at, very limited, limitedly at least. Uh, but yeah, he, the ones we have, like we, we sell, we, we talk about it all the time. I mean, if we offloaded them right now, there's our down payment for a house and we're done, you know? Um, but this is also all of our decoration in our house. Our house would be very empty without our pops uh, lining up all the wall and, I guess this is a great segment into our podcast, 2021, what we're the hell we're doing in 2021, uh, trying to survive this year. Uh, Leland, you know, we were talking with Leland last episode about how 2020 was just kind of, we were just trying to make it through and everyone was looking for this year, 2021. Oh, new year, new me, everything will be different. Um, We're what, eight, nine days into the new year. Shit's still the same. Uh, (laughs) Nothing's changed. but. I'm hopeful that this year will be better, that we'll have some new content content coming out. Uh, one of the big things we talked about was that, you know, we've had a lot of indie content. Like last year, a lot of people decided to work on that script, write the book, start their business, uh, you know, write that movie finally. So hopefully we have some indie content coming out. The only thing who, the only person who has finally said, okay, this is what we're doing 2021 is Warner Brothers, thank God. Um, they decided, hey, we're just going to put everything on HBO Max. Here you go. Have a nice year. It pissed off a lot of theaters. Um, 
so my question is, do you, do you think this was smart on Warner Brothers to just go, okay, screw the movie theaters. We're just going to put it on HBO. Everyone give us your money to go to HBO Max. Yeah, that's a question I think that we touched on in our own podcast as well. Um, so I'm going to give you a similar answer that I gave the Leland Bear on that one. By the way, good job in bringing some humanity to that ordinary fellow. Um, I try. You can rightfully take credit for that because if he sounded like he had social skills on your podcast, then that's a first. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, there's my Leland King for the show. Yeah. Uh, but... Um, Okay, what I said when this came up on our show is um, it's okay as a temporary thing. Like I understand for this year, um, you know, movie theaters are still going to be closed or very low capacity at least to start the year. Um, and the choices are really just like outweigh COVID and just sh shut down the industry or you have to release on these new platforms. So as a temporary stopgap that's okay as like i i'm the movie guy we discuss yeah. board games video games stuff like that i'm the movie guy on our on our episode and so i have a very very soft spot for movie theaters and the movie theater experience and i am worried about this transition being permanent because i don't think at all it's the same experience watching a movie at home than it is in a movie theater and for me, that's a very special experience. Um, probably with 75% of the movies that I want to see have enough special effects that, you know, it's worth it to see in the theater. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my simplest thoughts on what Warner Brothers is doing is if it is temporary just for 2021, okay. Beyond that, if you're trying to change the industry and, you know, bypass movie theaters permanently and using this as an excuse no no not it and see and i kind of see it differently because i had told leland you know i wasn't going to the movie theaters to begin with because for me um it was first off uncomfortable i like laying down and watching my movies i'm one of those couch like sprawled out on the couch kind of people so movie theaters are uncomfortable for me i'm ocd and a cleanophobe so just being in that that grosses me out too you know sitting in the seats and then here's the reality. I used to go to, as a nanny, theaters with the kids. And I saw how much it costs to go to theaters with the kids. And by the time you get out with, you know, all the refreshments and everything, you're looking at $100, okay? Just, you know, done to go see one movie for an hour and a half adventure. Um, now, as a mom, I don't have time to go to the theater. I have to pay the ticket and then find a babysitter too. So this is just costing me more. If I could, I, like I told Leland, if I had to give Disney plus 30 bucks to see Black Widow, I'm giving you my 30 bucks so I can do my pee breaks and pause it when Marvel needs to go to bed. Um, so I agree with you as the temporary fix. I just think we need to be more, we have to realize that the family dynamics are changing, especially for a lot of these family movies and having that on demand option the last few months, especially with a lot of these movies was helpful. And I don't mind paying the $20. I just feel like Warner Brothers, the only one with balls to do it, like to say, okay, sure. we're, we're going to do this. Uh, I thought for sure it would have been Disney, especially with the whole Mulan thing. Um, Leland and I said both the same exact thing, wrong product. They could have done it with Black Widow and everyone would have been forking over money left and right for mm -hmm. it. Um, mm -hmm. It just wasn't. Now, are they going to do it this year? I don't think so. No, no, no. I think in the case of Disney, it's a, it's a little bit different in that 
they were already starting to pivot pre-COVID to show-based. Um, what I mean like that, look at what they're doing with Star Wars, okay? So they've announced, I think, 12 Star Wars projects. I believe two of them are movies. Yeah. So you've got the Rogue Squadron movie that Patty Jenkins from Wonder Woman is going to make. And then Taika Waititi is going to work on an unnamed Star Wars movie. And that's it. Everything else is series, series, yeah. series, series. So my point to you is I, I completely understand where you're coming from every, with everything and that's valid. Um, I just think in Disney Plus's case, uh, Disney was focusing more on TV than movies anyways. And, and so, um, yeah, that, that's why they really haven't announced more. Why, why do you think that, what do you think they're going to do with Black Widow? I mean, we are now going a whole year without a new Marvel movie or any really, you know, Marvel content. WandaVision is going to be the first thing coming out this year that we've had since frickin' Endgame. Um, so I, are they going to just release in theaters? Are they going to pull a Mulan? I, I, I'm, I don't, are they going to do what like they did with Soul and just be like, here you go, Merry Christmas, which, (laughs) fuck yeah, do it. Yeah, if I was them, I actually, I would pull a Mulan again. I would give that uh, a second shot. Um, I also would release it on other platforms. For example, I would let you buy it or rent it off YouTube, um, which is actually where I get a lot of my movies now. Um, and uh, what else would I do? I would, if like, if the prints are made, I would do a theatrical run. Um, maybe you're not going to make a lot of money, but if theaters are, are open, I think it would be, be worth it if you've already made that investment but um yeah I, w- I would give the Mulan route like another shot like I, I forget how the financial the Mulan worked I remember it was like there was a, a bonus or extra money I had to pay but like if I had to pay 15 bucks extra one month to see Black Widow I totally would that and that's that's how I felt and when, when I told Elon I said if they had told me hey Black Widow was an extra 30 bucks you know and you know it wasn't even you you know he goes but what if you couldn't keep it that was just to view it and I said yeah and then you had a 10 you know a 10 dollar additional fee to get the digital copy when you're released there's my 40 bucks take it <laughs> you know like I would because here's the reality. By the time me and my husband go to the theater to get, and buy our tickets and get our refreshments, we're already out forty bucks. So totally, I, I'm at home already. Take it. Um, yeah, it's been yeah, interesting absolutely. also to see how many platforms have fallen and which ones have risen in the last year. Um, we talk about Netflix being the powerhouse. It's actually now number eight compared to like a lot of other programs. We've had HBO Max, Quibi died on us last year, arrived and died. That was dead on arrival. Um, but you also have Apple, which surprised the crap out of us. That's coming out with not only great uh, TV series, but also great movies are coming out from that platform. And Amazon Prime is secretly just snatching freaking things up left and right from houses that can't put them out in theaters. And like, nope, here, come put it on this platform. And the sad part about the Amazon Prime is a lot of them aren't getting publicity. So I'm finding a lot of great movies with great actors that I've heard jack shit on. Like, I didn't even know you were working on this product. This would have been nice to know because it probably would have gotten a lot more attention if the media houses had actually been behind it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It goes back to a discussion that Leland and I had, and I, I forget if you may be have even in on one of those because you 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 were our first. Were you our first? I think three time host. 
or yes, guest host? I am. I am on. Uh, yeah, I have been on three. Our last episode was literally before COVID. And I told Leland, I was like, I literally talked to you guys. We recorded that episode and then everything went to fucking hell. So I don't know if you guys were the start of COVID or if we like started the apocalypse. But um, yeah, I talked to you and the world went to hell. <laughs> <laughs> one of us. I'll just blame Leland for that because he's not here. I'm sure he mixed some virus or something like that. Oh. Um, where are we going with that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Our discussion had been at one point, like, you're going to get so many streaming services and they're so expensive that anybody like me who cuts the cable to traditional cable is suddenly going to be faced with, you know, you have three, four, five streaming services. Suddenly, you're, like, as expensive or more expensive than your cable was. And yeah. Where I'm going with that is for me, 2020 was the year of um, streaming saturation where that became an issue. So, I mean, I basically held the line. I have my YouTube premium because even though YouTube, YouTube um, is interesting because I actually would put them in the category of one of those streaming services that fell off. I mean, they, they had Cobra Kai originally and then they wanted to branch out into you know, their own original content, but somehow that failed. I guess they weren't able to, to find another tentpole series. Um, and so now YouTube premium, basically, like I, there's a lot of um, independent creators on YouTube that I really like, and I just don't want to see ads. So that's why YouTube premium is very good for me. But I would say as an actual service producing original content, they died. Um, so I've got YouTube premium. I've got Netflix. Um, Netflix is, is good, but I think they've kind of lost their mojo. They had the Queen's Gambit, which was uh, really good. Of course, they've got Cobra Kai, but they bought that. But I just came across an article this morning that Netflix is actually weirdly canceling a bunch of popular originals. Well, I so, feel like they're oversaturated. Like they bought up everything with all this money. And then it was, now I go on to Netflix and I'm overwhelmed. Before I could go on Netflix and it was like, oh, I could find something easily. Now I'm, every time I go on it, it's like, oh my God, what do I want to watch? Like, what do I want to, yeah. and then it comes down to the decision of how much time do I have? I really don't want to start a new series and then get invested in it or only get one episode in it. And then some series, you know, you have ones that you have to have your full attention on where you, you can't be doing other things. And then there's the series like The Office where you can have it on and be working and doing other stuff. Um, it, it's just, yeah, Netflix overwhelmed me for a while. That was my, that's been my biggest issue with it. Um, I'm pretty much over TV um, and cable. Uh, the only reason we have it is for the local news, but I feel like YouTube and Hulu have now picked up the local channels so you can easily go on any of those two platforms and get your local news and pay extra. We were really big into the whole CW, Arrow, Flash, Black, you know, that whole freaking. now I'm over it. I'm like, fuck, you overdid it. You made it way too complicated. Too many series for me to have to keep up. I'm over it. Um, so this may be the year I cut the cable and, and go all streaming. Um, I mean, I am interested in a bunch of the Star Wars series. Like they're, the ones that are launching are launching kind of end of 2021. But yeah. um, you got, for example, the Book of Boba Fett, uh, which looks really good. I mean, he's, he's a bounty hunter. He's a badass character. Uh, Mandalorian 
I want all the Mandalorian three, three, give it to me. I am obsessed with the Mandalorian. Oh my gosh. I didn't think I was going to get this headstrong into a star Wars series, but give me all the Mandalorian. (laughs) I know. It's so good. It just, I don't know. Like there's maybe one episode in, in the season that I thought was meh, but other than that, I thought it was, it was fantastic for season two. Um, so, yeah, anyways, I'm looking forward to that. I am looking forward to WandaVision. Yes. Um, you brought that up. You touched on that. It just seems like a very creative show. Like, you can tell something's going on there. I mean, there's some big story. Like, why are they acting like they're in a 1950s show? Well, there's a rumor that this is supposed to take place after the snap and they get sent to alternate dimensions back together, and this is them trying to figure out, like, the alternate... There's a lot of rumors and theories about what this thing... And I I think that's smart on Disney's part, um, because by them not sharing what's going on in the premise of the show, um, they're kind of keeping us all at bay, waiting for that first episode, because I guarantee that pilot episode is going to be like, oh, shit, that's what this whole thing's about. It's all going to click for all of us. Um, It's... I'm also excited about Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming out. They're going to have Loki yeah. this year. Um, yeah. So I think they've set themselves up that if the movie side of it fails, they've at least got some kind of backup, um, especially since they're hemorrhaging money with Disneyland not being open. And uh, Leland and I touched on this. Are you one of those people who prefer to have all the episodes at once or do you like how they release it week after week, like the old times? You know what? This is going to sound weird because I was against it at first, but I've started to like the week after week drop for a couple of reasons. Number one, like I'm a busy guy in life right now, and I honestly don't have the time in my life to binge anyways, but I do have the time to schedule and catch up with one episode a week. And particularly in the case of The Mandalorian, it turned into kind of a um, a lot of fun in season two because me and a buddy of mine, um, we just connected our headphones while we, what we did is we went on, um, steam chat. And so like we could talk and then there was an app that we could use or that my buddy had that would sync our Disney plus. So we basically watched the Mandalorian together from afar through quarantine. And we had so much fun with the first episode, just like commenting and being like, you know, whoa, yeah. something cool happened that we ended up watching the entire series that way. And it became like a Friday tradition because that's when the episodes dropped. And that was a lot of fun. And so, you know, I prefer that way. The only thing I don't like about it is it can turn into a money grab when there's nothing else that you really want to watch on the platform, which is kind of where I'm at with Disney plus to be honest. So I'm, you know, I'm paying a lot to to get a couple months just to watch the Mandalorian, but I don't know. It's worth it. (laughs) <laughs> well see we uh we use disney plus as a religious app you know it's religiously used in our house on a daily basis right up there with the pbs kids app so uh it's definitely getting its money out of us and it's worth <laughs> uh but i could say the same thing about like we got rid of hulu because we weren't using it like what are what are we right. now i kick myself because that's where season two of bluey is You are totally right, though. At some point, it does get just as expensive as cable. People are going to go where the content is. A great example is everyone's getting Peacock now just for the fact that The Office left Netflix at the beginning of this year. Then you've got people like Leland who get Disney Plus free trials to watch Mandalorian and cancel before the free subscription's up. 
It's going to be very interesting this year to see how all the platforms fare and what content comes out from who. Let's be real here. We are in January. Everything is still shut down here in California. There are very few companies actually filming, especially with LA being at a standstill. So the only content really being created is what can be done from home. Movies cost a lot of money to produce. Therefore, all these companies are counting on these premieres to make their money back and then some if they're lucky with a hit. We saw last year a lot of companies play the yes, maybe, never mind game. And we talked earlier about WB being the only one to have the balls and say, hey, this is what we're doing this year. So let's talk about the movies that are coming out this year. My biggest what the fuck moment has been the Tom and Jerry. I don't know who in their right mind cleared that and said, oh yeah, we're going to make a movie about Tom and Jerry. They should be fired. It was a waste of yeah. money. Complete waste of money. I saw the trailer and I literally the entire set time said, what the fuck? Andy goes, I'd watch it if it was free. And I said, good news for you. It's going to be. Yeah, it, Tom and Jerry. So I don't know much about that. Is that like the cat? Like the cat and the mouse? Tom and Jerry? No, no, making yeah, a movie? Yes, Tom and Jerry, the cat and mouse is going to be a live action with the cartoons. The guy from Ant-Man's in it. The guy who plays Luis from Ant-Man. He's in it with a really bad accent. But watch the trailer and then you're going to message me, Shannon, what the fuck? Because it's, it, even the trailer, it's like a hot mess. Like, who would want to sit through an hour and a half of this shit? Yeah, what a bit, what a, like, weird content. Because unless you're pretty, like, our age... But like absolute minimum, alright, would you know what Tom and Jerry is? Because like the younger generation, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, I didn't think Tom and Jerry was a thing. No, I mean, so. the youngest, I mean, they are better off with the Space Jam, which is literally on my list. Like I'm excited, but I'm legit <laughs> excited about Space Jam. I hate LeBron James, but man, I'm excited about Space Jam. Uh, and I really hope they do like some good justice to it. And I think kids understand Bugs Bunny and, you know, all younger kids. Tom and Jerry's is like pulling Yogi the Bear. Like no one's going to yeah. understand that reference. Um, it's like Gem and the Holograms all over again or something along totally. those lines. It's not like it's Ninja Turtles. Nobody, uh, everybody knows the Ninja Turtles. No, yeah. Yeah, Gem and the Holograms is actually a really good analogy, a really good kind of comparison to that, that movie. It's just, you know, I'm like, podcasting obviously for me is a, it's a hobby. And outside of that, I'm a marketing guy. And so you know, my mind is always on, you know, branding and target markets and things like that. Like, who the fuck are you targeting with Tom and Jerry? Like, 50-year-olds that are going to somehow watch it and be like, sign me up for the most part? Like, there, you, have to, you have to build something for that kind of primary market, 18 to 34, is what they often target. Now they change it a little bit. Now it's more like they want to target, like, I don't know, 22 to 40 or something. That's sliding a bit. But Space Jam was a good one. I, that was on my list too. So I wanted to bring that up. LeBron, yeah, once again, yeah. not too happy with the LeBron James part of it. But it, I bet you, like, I'm really hoping Warner Brothers didn't pull, like, any, like, short stops on this. They did, like, everything the way it's supposed to be. Um, I remember talking about Ghostbusters on your podcast when we last talked. Um, I'm still goddamn excited about this movie. I'm going to be really pissed off if it's bad. Um, because I have put a lot of energy and love into loving Ghostbusters, and I really cannot take another reboot from hell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Ghostbusters, the new one, uh, apparently it's going to have, you know, the older, the, the older crew back in it, yeah. um, whoever survives. 
So I'm looking forward to that. But, you know, I'm someone who says that, you know, if you bring these people back, don't make it just like a cameo appearance. Um, I think at a minimum, you can do something like what they did in one of my favorite movies of all time, Blade Runner 2049, where you bring in Harrison Ford for the entire third act, but he's not in there for the first two thirds of the movie. That's okay. But like, if you get Bill Murray to come in and just like shoot one ghost and leave and say one smart aleck remark, I'm going to feel disappointed. Yeah. You know? Well, I know a movie you're more excited about, and that's Top Frickin' Gun. Um... Oh, that's another one on my list. <laughs> I was like, noted Moby's favorite movie, Top Gun. Everything is about Top Gun. Uh, that's finally you know what? fucking coming yeah, out. It's finally coming out. Um, I actually looked up the release date, which is July 2nd. Now, that's good because that brings us back to the discussion on movie theaters. So as much as a Top Gun fan I am, um, I will not see that movie outside of movie theaters unless there are no other options to me. Because that movie is a perfect example of a movie that is meant for a movie theater experience. You know, um, I feel like you, that is the kind of movie you should watch. Have, I, I don't know if you've ever been to Disneyland in California Adventure, soaring over California, the whole like ride where you're soaring over California. I feel yeah. like, like you need to be sitting on that ride and Top Gun be projected while you sit in that ride. It'd be perfect. Uh, that would be a fucking dream come true. I would, I would move hell and high water to do that. You know, it's funny because um, I have, I'm looking at it right now. I've got like a replica Iceman helmet. It's like close to screen accurate. Um, I've got a whole like screen accurate Iceman costume that I built years ago. And so like, I wanted to do it up. I've got the aviator sunglasses. Like I wanted to just like dress up as Iceman, even though I'm 35 years old and go to the premiere. And I was so disappointed with the virus. I couldn't do that last year. Well, you know, it's, it's going to be out this year. Let's finger cross that you can see it in theater. Otherwise, I guess me and Leland will be building our building you a, a your own home theater, and you know we'll <laughs> we'll do it like old school, and we'll like do the sides and you know do sound effects for you and make it more for you know for your forte. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Black. We talked about Black Widow. Uh, Morbius is supposed to be coming out this year. I. I was talking to someone, they're like, do you really think it's going to come out? Uh, I have a gut feeling probably not. I think this is going to get one of those ones that gets pushed back. I really want it to come out because I don't want it to get the New Mutants treatment. Um, that was something me and Leland talked about, how New Mutants got fucked royally. Um, yeah. It just wasn't treated with anything, any respect. And I really don't want Morbius to get that kind of treatment because I think it's a, ve- it's a very different Marvel com- uh, comic or storyline than what we're used to that happy, very, you know, light and um, bright kind of comic. This is a very dark, scary, and it kind of takes us down that horror genre that they're thinking with the Doctor Strange new multiverse um, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Morbius, I'm hoping, not guaranteeing. Um, my biggest excitement for this year might be the Bob's Burgers movie. Which sounds really freaking stupid, but I love Bob's Burgers. It's one of my favorite. It's grown on me year after year after year. Um, I have a goal. I am going to get us all in pop boxes and cosplaying as Bob's Burger family. Mark my words. Um, but I, you don't see many animation shows. The last animation show we've seen do this is The Simpsons. So for it to get that kind of treatment, I think is very special. Um, it didn't 
I don't think they should have released do on demand release for it um, because I think it deserves kind of a red carpet treatment. Um, but yeah, Bob's Burgers. I don't I don't know if you feel the same way about Bob's Burgers as I do. I just got a special little place in my heart. <laughs> yeah, I, I know of it. I've never actually seen it to be quite honest, so I can't I can't judge. Oh, you have to. I have to see Bob's Burgers. Okay, what what platform is it on right now? Oh, I don't know. It's on it's on it's on the Fox channel, but I'll have to look. I'll do some research for you. I'm going to write you a list of crap you need to watch. Um Okay. Shannon's list of crap you need to watch. I'll, I'll add that to the list. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> There's another huge one that's right up there just a baby step behind uh Top Gun, which is Dune. Um Yeah, so I mean, if you don't know Dune, Dune is like the progenitor sci-fi of where like Star Wars and all modern space fantasy came from. Um, it's supposed to be like a really difficult subject matter to film. Um, mind you, there's a few of us that believe David Lynch in the early 1980s actually had something really good. He had a four hour cut of his Dune movie that he was forced to like slash down by half. And um, it's like his biggest disappointment like he doesn't want to talk about it he gets very angry about it but um i really think he had something there but anyways denny villeneuve who did this new dude i mean denny villeneuve it's not that he's a fellow canadian though i'm i i'm proud as hell for him he's absolutely my favorite director working today in my opinion everything he touches is gold um especially his sci-fi which is like 75% of what he does. He's like a sci-fi specialist, honestly, about now. But he doesn't fuck up, in my opinion. And so I've seen the trailer for Dune, and um, everything I've seen just intuitively makes me think he's created a masterpiece. And so that's supposed to be released in October 1st. Okay. Um, it was pushed back a year, but yeah, I mean, that's like way high up on my list. That, that was supposed to come out like Christmas. This it was supposed to come out Christmas and then they pushed it back, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They okay. did. That's yeah. What I yeah. And I've got one more movie that um, I'm really looking forward to, which is, it, it's definitely third on the list, but um, the Mortal Kombat, uh, the new Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah, everyone. I mean. It's the W, or not, yeah, WBHBO Max lineup. There's some actual legit good ones. Um, but then you look through, like, the whole list and you go, all right, there's probably only, like, three or four sparkling gems out of this. The rest is just bullshit crap, like Tom and Jerry. Uh -huh. um, Mortal Kombat, I am hoping and praying, is actually legit good. A lot of people are worried that it could go either way, just like any kind of franchise movie that comes out. Um it, just like Suicide Squad and the rest of them. It shall be interesting to see. Godzilla and Kong, um, I feel, Go Godzilla versus Kong, I feel is going to be one of those maybe sparkling gems, maybe a piece of shit. We'll have to wait and see. Um, it's going to be interesting. It, it, I think hopefully in the next few weeks, we should get a clearer lineup of what's coming out and what what is actually coming out. I feel like every month, they say, oh, yeah, this is going to come out. And then we get a week or two before. And they're like, oh, you know what? No, actually, we're going to push it back out. Um, and that's not helping press. It's not helping media. It's not helping the movie. It's not nothing. People just kind of need to make a decision. Are you going to release it or are you not? Um, you, ha you have to live with your choices. You're either going to make money or you're not. There are a lot of games, though, coming out this year. 
Um, mm -hmm. I know you got me, you, you know, I got hooked on Animal Crossing and that was really bad. I haven't been on Animal Crossing in months now. I played yeah, me neither. for like three months and then I was like, I don't have time for this shit. Um, cause my brother was literally calling me just to ask me what my turnip prices is. And now I just was like, <laughs> do you love me or do you just love me for my turnip prices? And, um, so yeah, but Harvest Moon is coming out. Um, I bet you, you're going to get me to play Farmville 2.0 basically, uh, with Harvest Moon One World. I haven't played Harvest Moon. I haven't played the franchise, haven't played any of it. Uh, but my brother's like, oh yeah, it's like Farmville. Sign me up. So, uh, we're well, gonna move on to Harvest Moon this year from Animal Crossing. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm interested in it. I don't know if I'll pick it up until I see some reviews and things like that because Harvest Moon really lost its way. Um, in my opinion, it became very much less about farming and a very childlike sort of social simulator thing. That's really not what I want out of those games. It moved too far in that direction, which is why I started. That's literally why Stardew Valley was made, was the yeah. guy who made it was, you know, basically saying Harvest Moon has lost its way. Yeah. So I'm open to it. Gotham Knights, I'm really excited about. I don't know why. What's that? The, there's a DC movie I forgot to, or not DC movie, sorry. DC game that came out, I want to say not last year, maybe the year before. It was a DC game. Um, Gotham, well, there was like Arkham Asylum. That might have been it. Is the one where you fight? It's like Mortal Kombat with yeah. DC characters. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if it was Mortal Kombat like that. That one was kind of like one on a thousand fighting, like where you're Batman and you're fighting like yeah, yeah. groups. I, okay, okay, that. Okay, then it is that. Yeah, I saw Leland playing that a few times. Yeah, so I got into that because I mean, that was one game I could play with Andy because basically that just means I can smash the buttons and at least a, a kind of win. I have a confession to make. My husband conned me into a PS5. Um, he told me, Shannon, Shannon, we need a PS5. I said, no, no, we don't need a PS5. Yes, yes, we need a PS5. He said, Harry Potter is coming out with a game. You get, we're going to play the Harry Potter game. I was like, all right, you can get the PS5 <laughs> if we can buy the Harry Potter game. No one fucking told me that the Harry Potter game isn't out and isn't coming out till this, like, late this year. So Andy's enjoying the PS5 and I'm waiting for the Harry Potter game. There you go. Oh, look, he was manipulative. That's, yeah, that's that so was, sad. That, that was his Christmas present this year is he wanted a PS5 <laughs> and I let him have the PS5 because I thought I was going to get Harry Potter. Lies. Oh, um, well, you delayed gratification, right? You'll get it. You'll get it later. I hope so. I really, you know, I really, for the PS4, I really tried to get the VR. He's like, no, we, we don't have enough room. And then I was like, uh, all excited about the Harry Potter game. And now I'm getting my deflated again. Because I really wanted the Doctor Who game. See, I have gaming dreams, you guys. I want to play games. Just nobody's enabling me right now. Um, you know, it's funny, though, you mentioned that. Um, because I'm actually looking to get into VR this year. That was on my list. Um, I, I'm looking into getting an Oculus Quest 2 uh, headset because at a buddy of mine, actually Marty, who God rest his soul, he was our original third host, yeah. but um, he perished. But uh, I went to hell to to visit him one time. We you visited Purgatory. <laughs> I visited Purgatory. Had some and, tea. And, uh, he had this huge VR setup for this game called Half-Life Alex, where yeah. like, you know, it's, and it was one of the most amazing things I've ever done in my life. And if you think that's hyperbole, um, it's not. Like it was just 
amazing. My brother has a very, I love my brother. He has a very, very, really nice VR system set up at our, my parents' house. And he has a huge room where we all get to do these things. And I mean, I have gotten to experience some crazy ass shit I would never do in my real life, like skydiving, uh, climbing Everest, playing games. I think virtual reality is so cool. It is such an unknown. Um, One of my goals this year is to have him come in and talk about VR. He goes, because VR goes different ways. And this was something, you know, he's kind of taught me is, you know, VR is, you know, the gaming side that you see and that everybody loves and the experiences. And then there's the dark, evil, weird side of VR that nobody talks about and knows. Um, and he goes, it's like the 4chan or 8chan of VR. Uh, you didn't know it was there. Uh, but I, yeah, I'm really hoping this VR stuff catches up. I just hope we don't end up to where we're all just hooked up to VRs and sitting on the couch and not experiencing real life. And we end up like Wally um, on a giant <laughs> axiom, fat people and not doing anything. Um, I, I'm going to be honest, my dreams were crushed, Moby. Um, Microsoft will not be working on a Banjo-Kazooie title, and you know how much I love that series and how my love was built off that. Uh, Microsoft says it's not going to do any of that, and um, I feel like Banjo and Kazooie got jacked considering Spyro and the rest of those bitches got their own reboot. Yeah, yeah, and one thing I'd add to that is um, Banjo-Kazooie were added to uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate, and it was a huge, huge deal like very popular so you know again falling back on on my marketing background we have things that you know um what am i looking for uh sometimes you do things like you drop something little like this as a test to gauge whether or not the market wants something and i think it was clear that people wanted banjo kazooie like back like the main title for it and uh yeah now you're right microsoft saying like no you're not going to get these characters that are so beloved no no now somebody needs to to go over to microsoft and say here i will help you and make a really baller game um because yeah us millennials we'll buy we'll buy some banjo kazooie give it to us what is the one thing i mean we've talked about freaking everything on this podcast this whole episode what is the one thing you're excited about this year uh for 2021? Perfect question. I've got an answer that I haven't spoken of yet. Rumor is, now it's not confirmed, but rumor is at some point in 2021, Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 will be released, and that would be my number one. Clear your favorite. I loved Breath of the Wild 1. Um, and that, that's what I want. As far as gaming goes, you drop that. Uh, Runner-up goes to Stalker 2. Um, I mentioned Stalker before, uh, the original company's releasing its own AAA, um, you know, new Stalker, the aptly named Stalker 2. That would have been it, but Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 would, would be number one. Awesome. All right. I'm excited about all the Marvel stuff. Please give me Marvel stuff. I need Marvel stuff. I haven't had any Marvel since <laughs> Endgame. I feel like I like my Marvel. Like all I have are these pops. I just look at you and go, you have no new friends. You should have new yeah. friends. Yeah. Uh, so Marvel, uh, especially my little cinnamon bun, Sebastian Stan and Winter Soldier. Um, Loki, yeah, I want it all this year. Give me all the Marvel. Um, besides, yeah, Marvel, Bob's Burger, 
And if Australia can please, just for the love of God, give me more Bluey, I'd be really happy. <laughs> um, because I've probably seen the first season about a hundred million times now. And we figure out this movie shit. Like, just can we can we decide what we're doing? Can we all just figure it out and be safe? Yeah, yeah. Figure it out. Stop. You know what? In in many cases, just stop delaying the releases. Like I said, you know, I'm all for the traditional movie theaters, but it's time that these releases get out there because people are locked down, you know, they're under mental strain and let's give them some entertainment instead of keeping kicking it down the can. That's not, you know, helping everybody. Well, it doesn't help the media, you know, from a media, somebody who does all the press releases and everything, it does not help us when we turn around and are being told it's supposed to come out X day. And then two days before we're having to pull the article or edit the article, you know, like in some aspects I tell, you know, people email me and say, yo, your article's wrong. And I'm like, you know, do you know how many emails like this I get a day of how many things are wrong? Because the, the date has changed eight times since the last time we checked it. Moby, I really appreciate you spending some time with me to chat about what's coming out this year. How can our fans follow you and see what you're working on right now? Yeah, you know what? I'll give you, uh, I'll give you three hits there. Um, the first two are to do with our uh, podcast. So the best way to find our podcast, which is uh, myself and Leland Steele, um, which we focus on uh, video games, movies, and board games, um, that's to go to our website, which is www.ttpop. That's like pop is in Funko Pop, cast.com. So www.ttpopcast.com. Uh, we also have a Facebook that I keep fairly active. I do our, all our social media posts, which is facebook.com slash ttpopcast. So facebook.com called uh, slash ttpopcast. And lastly, believe it or not, uh, my name that I've used here, Moby, is a, a uh, you know, it's a, uh, a made-up name because that's how Leland wanted to do our podcast. But I started a YouTube channel as a, as a marketing guy called Marketing with Matt, M-E-T-T. My first name is Matt, my real first name. So um, YouTube channel, Marketing with Matt. And it's small, but uh, I like to discuss marketing tactics, but also like kind of pop culture marketing. So like I do, I reviewed like Matthew McConaughey's Lincoln commercials and like the Old Spice guy. So I think it's kind of fun. So if you want to check that out, uh, that's where you can find me doing my other shit. I have seen these videos. They are awesome. I love them. Um, I actually have a note to put a feature up on the website for you because that they are very, they're very nerdy, but people, I, as our last podcaster was on, you know, using your nerd powers to your advantage. Thank you, Matt, for coming and joining us on this episode of the podcast. We will have you and Leland back because um, we now have made a deal. I just, you know, we go on your, I go on yours, you come on mine, and we just meet up every year, and we'll just keep doing this till the end of time. I love but it. I love it. You can catch all the latest nerd news, reviews, and recommendations from video games, books, movies, television, cosplay, and more at thegameofnerds.com. We can also be found on all major social medias like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube as The Game of Nerds. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any episodes on Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Remember, when you play for The Game of Nerds, you either level up or respawn. Happy 2021, <laughs> everyone. 